Welcome to How the Song Came to Be, where soulful songwriters share the stories behind their songs, as well as tools and creative practices you can use to bring your best songs or other creative works to life. I'm Ann Heaton, your host. I always had that that guilt about like, you know, this whole artist guilt of like, what, what, why do you deserve to be doing this? Um, and so I had to make myself super busy all the time in order to justify my existence yeah. as an artist. Welcome to How the Song Came to Be. I'm Ann Heaton, and we're here with Alex Wong, multi-instrumentalist, singer-songwriter, and record producer. Alex has produced records for artists such as Delta Ray, Vienna Tang, Megan Slankard, and now myself. <laughs> he is a writing, has been a writing member of the bands The Animators with Devin Copley and with The Paper Raincoat with Amber Rubarth. And he is an incredible singer-songwriter and puts out his own records as well. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yay! <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. So I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So there's a lot that I want to ask you about. I'm particularly excited to ask you about production and getting in a particular mindset before you go in to record, kind of getting in a zone, because I know you are an expert at that. And um, but before we kind of dive in to that. I know you have, you're going to have tips to share and you're going to enlighten us about that. Um, before we dive into that, I'd love to ask you what I ask everyone uh, when we start the show, which is what compelled you to start writing songs? Um, well, uh, the, the answer that popped into my head when you told me that question was, uh, Fake Plastic Trees by Radiohead. Oh, uh, wow. I remember hearing that song and I had been playing in a band. It was my first, I had like a reverse, like a backwards music um, journey, I guess, to some people where I didn't listen to really any pop or any cool music until, I guess, probably college is the first time that I met people who were cool and showed me um, music they were really into. And that really like first uh, really affected me. And uh, I was, I was mostly playing in sort of classical music orchestras and listening to classical music and then like terrible, uh, whatever anyone would tell me to listen to pop music um, in high school. So I didn't feel like I really had developed taste yet and uh i had been playing in this band and they were very influenced by kind of like british brit pop and um like the verve and blur and um the cure and smiths and that sort of thing so that actually became my first love uh of uh one of my first loves um in music and so i got pr pretty through them uh i was not writing yet i was sort of i was the drummer in the band Mm. And so I, it was kind of a crash course in lots of things. But one, they were not, uh, I was in music school at the time and they were all kind of like self-taught musicians. And so there was this uh, equal disdain coming from my music department towards sort of like playing in a rock band and then 
on the other side, the, oh. these guys being like, you know, you're, you're not going to learn anything useful in school. Oh. You're, you know, this is, uh, so it was sort of this weird crash course on both directions, but they showed me a lot of music and the way that they kind of, you know, music that, and how they found music and got really, you know, what made them passionate. And it was just sort of from a listener's perspective, from a, band perspective from a, a kid playing guitar perspective and that was new to me kind of um just that whole you know soaking in your heroes and and this sort of thing and I kind of got uh I caught caught some of that for the first time and so one of my first bands that I was really just a complete fanboy of was Radiohead and oh yeah the the record uh the bands had come out and I was obsessed with everything about that record, everything about that band. And that song was one of the first songs that really like just absolutely destroyed me and made me, yeah. you know, wonder if I could ever write a song anywhere close to that song, you know, and it just became kind of a, a goal that I never even really thought about achieving. It was just kind of like out there in the, you know in the distance and so that was that was definitely I mean you know I just loved how it affected me and I wanted to see and would loved I wanted to see if I could participate in that with someone you know with other people and express myself that way and it was yeah. a, a long journey since that point <laughs> like oh my gosh you know, but that that definitely was a big starter isn't it amazing how like there can be like just this moment or this artist or this band? I mean, did you, did you think to yourself like, why didn't I know about this? Like <laughs> before now about songwriting or about, about like, no about Radiohead. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was, I was just discovering bands really at the time was probably like, you know, 18 or 19 or something. And yeah. And yeah, I, I, it was like they made that record for me, you know, and yeah. I'm sure, you know, obviously yeah. half the world, lots of people felt that same way. Like and that. that's the yeah. um, most beautiful thing about what we can do. It's like, it can be, it can yeah. be so personal and so, you know, universal. And I know that's sort of a, well, and, a cliche at this point, but it's so true. Well, and you've done it. Like you've now, you know, you had, you had this idea that, that, that song sort of destroyed you and you wished you could make music like that. And now you do make music like that. And for those of you, <laughs> I don't know about that, but for those of you who don't know um, Alex's music, there's one thing I do want to say, which is just that there's been at, at least one, if not two occasions where I've felt a little bit like, I don't know, jaded or just like I was a little tired of music or I don't even know how it happens. Cause I love music, but it's happened that, um, and it happened like a year and a half ago, we played a show at the Ark um, in the round and Alex played a song and I was sort of in one of those frames of mind, you know, like, okay, whatever. And then he played a song and I was like, oh yeah, this is why I love music. Like this is like, whatever he's uh. doing is why <laughs> I love it. It's like, and it's just something about the way that you um, create sound and, and words. It feels really like taking um, the listener to like the center of something in a really like gentle way. Like you don't beat people over the head with your music. It's just very exquisite, like an invitation to 
I don't know, just be closer to what is or to yourself. So I'm a Thank fan. Thank you. Oh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's really sweet to hear. Thank um, you, man. So anyway, um, so check out Alex's music, but um, would you be willing to, uh, on that note, share, share a song and tell us uh, the story of how the song came to be? Yeah, cool. sure. Let me grab the old guitar here. Um. Yeah, um, I guess I'll do this. Uh, it's the first single from my upcoming record, which comes out in, in February, but the single, there's two singles out now. And uh, it's a song called Show Yourself. And this, uh, I guess, is sort of, it became the, the linchpin of the record in that I, uh, again, my journey sometimes feels a little backwards to me in music. And um, I shouldn't even say that with this, but for me, it feels like it's been a long path to get to this place of being, a, I guess, a solo, solo creator, solo artist. And um, even though I've been making music for a long time, uh, I kind of started out in bands, started out as a drummer, then discovered writing kind of late, later, and then uh, had a couple projects as duos where I was sort of, uh, you know, uh, one of two writers. And then I put a solo record out a few years ago but it was uh, under like a moniker. It was called A City on a Lake. And um, and even though I had done that and it was technically a solo record, there was still something that was blocking me from uh, showing up uh, under my own name, just sort of standing, claiming my space. And, uh, and so this record that I've been working, that I work, started working on a couple years ago, was based on uh, memories. Um, it was based on sort of this. Uh, it started out because I've been I had this sort of nagging fear about kind of missing parts of my childhood, like in, in terms of my memories. Like sometimes my sister would talk about a birthday party that I had when I was nine or something, and she would describe it in great detail. And she's got sort of a steel trap memory, and I would I would just have like no recollection of it and it freaked me out and so um, but at the same time I have these very vivid memories and detailed um, scenes from places I've never been and times that I don't think are from this, this life necessarily and so there was sort of this uh, contrast between those two things and um, so I wanted to make a record to explore that usually what starts me writing is I have a question about something I'm confused about something and I have to write my way through it to, to just for myself to help myself figure out what it is and so um, I was thinking about my childhood and I was thinking about um, why it was hard for me to why I felt so much resistance to doing this record uh, under my own name. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of came across, 
I, I came to the fact that there was sort of these lessons that I picked up as a kid. Um, and uh, I think a lot of it had to do with sort of being a second generation uh, minority growing up in, in the States. There's sort of, you know, each, each generation uh, figures out their rules of survival, I guess. Um, and in my and my sister's generation, the, the sort of prevailing wisdom at the time was sort of to uh, assimilate, to kind of, you know, don't stick out, keep your head down. Um, we were taught to speak English, so we didn't have an accent. Um, and all those things were, you know, the, the intention behind them were all uh, beautiful, I guess, or, or they were meant to keep us safe. They were meant to make our life as easy as possible. Um, and uh, now I think as, as time went on, you know, the, that changed. And now I don't think um, immigrant groups necessarily, um, you know, I think there's more room to preserve uh, culture and languages and stuff like that, um, which is, I think, wonderful. And I think it's, it wasn't necessarily uh, true that if you, you know, you know, only speak English is the only way you're going to not have an accent or some, you know, that was just sort of what people thought at the time. Um, but it did sort of leave me with this other lesson, which was sort of to hide and to keep myself yeah. small and to, um, you know, to, to not want too much or not to, not to reach for too much kind of, there was this, um, judgment around you know ambition especially in in something like as self-indulgent so to speak as becoming an artist it's like you know those kinds of careers were not that they were considered selfish and I had a lot of that baggage and I had a lot of you know I shouldn't you know want this big dream I should want this medium-sized dream or I should um, not put myself out there too too big because that's taking up too much space and that's that's selfish or that's you know um, rude or, or whatever. And I'm not saying any, it, anyone did it to me. It was just something that I started to pick up and and like um, you don't even realize it, but you yeah. you start conditioning yourself and you start acting accordingly. And so it was always a struggle for me because I you know have my soul or you know I had this drive to be an artist always and um there was this need to express but at the same time there was this judgment uh pushing it down and so there was always this struggle as I became as I went through this career as an artist and I think it manifested in uh being in you know projects where I was maybe you know a side man or being in a project where i was a duo where uh and those were important stepping stones but also they be could become crutches and it could it could become a thing where you've got this shield protecting you from the from the world you know and even going into producing which i adore and love and i think it's one of my absolute callings but it also was you know, without the outlet to have a, my own career as an artist, it became a, a little bit um, like the same thing, like a crutch. Like yeah. it was like, you know, standing next to the thing I wanted rather than doing the thing yeah. I wanted. And um, 
and so that's like yeah it was a big long slow <laughs> difficult path um and so this song kind of came out of my own questions uh from myself with this journey that's amazing so, thank you uh, it's sort of a a song about a game of hide and seek with, yeah with myself so okay morning voice let's do this let's do it yeah Close my eyes and I count to ten You vanish just like you did back then Beneath the branches of the banyan tree Oh, why do you still hide from me? The sun is low in the southern sky our shadows stretch into the night. I close my eyes and I count to ten. Do we have to play this game again? Show yourself. Show yourself. Come out, come out. Wherever you are, show yourself. Show yourself, come out, come out, wherever you are, wherever you are. Monsters we keep out of sight, still scratch at the door, go bump in the night. Wild things will not be tamed. Until we call them out by name And I miss the sound of my father's chimes Fading in the suburban breeze Why do I run from what I used to be? Why am I hiding from my history? Show yourself Show yourself, come out, come out, wherever you are, show yourself, show yourself, come out, come out, wherever you are, wherever you are, wherever you Show 
yourself Show yourself Come out, come out Wherever you are Show yourself Show yourself Come out, come out Wherever you are Show yourself Show yourself Come out, come out Wherever you are, wherever you are, wherever you are, wherever you are, wherever you are. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, so beautiful. I just love that song. Thank you so much. So for some of our listeners who are songwriters and, and other creative souls, as you were talking about that, I was relating to it. I'm not a second generation immigrant, but I was relating to it in terms of um, actually Catholicism. <laughs> Because growing up Catholic, I remember yeah, 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 being yeah. invited to to sing at a wedding, but the the priest made made me stand behind a screen so no one could see me, and the implication being that like somehow it was like bad or or selfish or like I don't even know like just that that um that yeah like that there, there was something inherently like non-spiritual about like performing or sharing music and mm -hmm. and so for me um it was about examining that belief you know like being like well why can't I be a vehicle for a spirit or a vehicle for a love like why is it that I need to be hidden because somehow I don't know like I'm bad or I'm not the priest I don't know it's just like who knows exactly what the yeah. message was yeah. but it was like kind of a and yeah. um and that idea you were talking about, about like being an artist is selfish instead of being an artist is an act of service. Like, so for me, like, uh, you know, obviously when you put yourself out there, you know, it always brings up all your shit, you know? And so, excuse me, I don't even know if I'm allowed to, to swear on, on this, but anyway. Um, this is the internet. You're allowed to I know, like, do it all. <laughs> okay. So, you know, and so I guess what my question to you for the people listening who may, you know, have their own issues with hiding or get scared when they're starting to really put themselves out there. Was there something that you, that you feel like really helped you be able to show yourself more? Or do you feel like it was just living your life an organic process that finally, you know, I mean, obviously we're always working that edge, but is there yeah. anything that you would yeah. kind of advise as a, as something that helped you? Yeah. Um, with, I think with the artistry and also singing for me, like I've never thought of myself as a singer. I, I have, uh, in fact, that's part of, it sort of parallels this journey where I sort of was almost actively discouraged to sing as a, as a young person. Um, and then sort of being an instrumentalist and being a, you know, a percussionist, I was like in the back of the orchestra and like, that's just not a thing that you did. And um, I wasn't, really around people who were um, kind of like encouraging me as a when I was younger to, to sing and so I feel like 
I always had this tightness, always had sort of this, um, you know, uh, tension and, and I took singing lessons and I, but really the thing that every time I felt a big, um, jump in my sort of like singing ability, it was always coupled with a personal development. It was always mm. part of, uh, it was not about technique. It was not about, mm. and I'm not saying technique is bad or, mm-hmm. I mean, people with way more technical facility than me can certainly take a lesson and run with it in a way Mm -hmm. that I I don't think I ever did but I will say that I opened up my voice opened up every time I would kind of like hit some new phase of my own evolution as a person as a human that was the biggest thing that would affect my singing Mm -hmm. and also my um, artistry Mm -hmm. and so you know this record I can tell you that the main motivator for it was was almost like a voice saying like this it doesn't you know music aside and audience aside and you know the whole like sort of material results of a product aside like this you have to do this in order to get to the next level of your own personal development like Mm. this is something that you cannot push away anymore you can't like ignore this thing that you have to standing right in front of you you have to climb over this thing to get Mm -hmm. to the next part of your evolution and it was that was the main reason for me doing this uh this album because um Mm. no other like it was just it was just like yeah personal you know therapy exercise I guess or something I love that I mean I just want to like highlight what you're saying because it's a pretty big deal it's just kind of like you know there's no real like I I hear you saying like there's no there's no real bypass like to to improve as an artist you have to grow as a human being and so like you have this way where you're having a breakthrough in in your personal evolution and that's opening up your voice and then and then and then you make the record, which is also probably further adding to your growth, you know, because you tended to it and you allowed it to, to come into existence. Um, would yeah, you say if that's a, fair to say? Is that an accurate kind of? Yeah, I mean, I think the act of doing the record, I mean, I, it was not an easy record for me to make. It was, I produced, you know, I self-produced it and I played most of the instruments. And so I was alone in this studio yeah. For uh, uh, most of, if not all of the time. And it was a, a long process. Um, it was almost a year. And a lot of it was me like laying on the floor on my back, just feeling like, you know, in this sort of panicky, like, you know, I had to deal with a lot of shit that would come up and yeah. personal, you know, demons and stuff. But the, another thing that happened. <coughs> You know, so I wouldn't say that it was like I developed and then made the record and it was this, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, victory lap or something. It was Mm -hmm. like the record was the Mm -hmm. was the exercise. And Mm -hmm. so it was not I wouldn't say the most fun I've ever had, but it was Mm -hmm. it did always feel like important work for myself. Mm -hmm. And one thing that did happen during it was this voice started to (coughs) pop up. It was like I realized I needed uh i needed a producer and um 
it was also important for me, um, and I can't really, maybe, maybe my next one I'll, I'll, I'll work with someone else, but for, for this one, it was important for me to do this whole thing myself. And, but I was having that <coughs> struggle because it's very hard to look outside of yourself as, as an artist and, <coughs> excuse me. So I started hearing this voice come up um, which was my own producer voice because it's easy for me to have perspective when I'm working with another artist. Mm -hmm. I've spent lots of years doing that. I can see things really objectively. And, you know, when it's me, it was just a block. <coughs> and uh, so I started, um, <coughs> I'm so sorry. I'm like, I this lingering <coughs> cough but this voice so my, i had my producer voice start to emerge and i would actually have conversations out loud in the room with my producer self oh yeah and i i named oh, yes. i named this person uh his name is blue okay and i would talk to blue and blue was just this calm cool collected even keel <laughs> um always just like he was like, you got this. Like he was very encouraging, very <laughs> like, and he, um, <clears throat> he talked me through and that, and that once that emerged, it kind of stuck with me. And, and I now regularly talk to blue in mm -hmm. other parts of my life. Mm -hmm. And I um, love that. That's awesome. And, uh, and yeah, it's really, it's sort of like the, the loving part, like blue would never say anything mean to me. Yeah. He would never say anything, you know, he would never try to motivate me by criticism or by like berating me or anything. He's like very in my corner. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I and love so that. now it's nice to have him with me in other parts of my life. And I think that's how it's always been for me. It's just, you know, it's a mirror, like my music stuff art stuff you know it's always just a you know at its best it's a reflection of wherever i am as a person cool i love that you shared that story about blue i think that's super important and i feel like we often have many selves and to be able to kind of tease them out um i think is a super helpful practice and i think this is a great segue into what i wanted to ask you next which is about production and um and mindset <laughs> Um, so I'll just use myself as an example, as someone who I'm a songwriting mentor. Um, I teach songwriting, which I really more consider like being a midwife of songs, like asking people questions and listening to them and, you know, really just honoring what they want to say. Um, but sometimes, so <laughs> when I meet with a student or a client, you know, we're coming from, you know, very you know, like the hectic, hectic life. And, you know, they're like, okay, like, I want to write this song, you know, and I'll be like, okay, you know, and I'll want to take a minute to just say, like, maybe we could just breathe for, you know, take a few deep breaths, or maybe just do a brief meditation, you know, and kind of just ask the song what it wants to be just something like that maybe only takes a minute or two. But in my experience will make all the all the difference for that following hour, the song will just sort of unfold and it's a much more gentle way. Uh, but sometimes I can feel the resistance, like, well, I want to get started. Like I want to make yeah. the most of this time, you know? Totally. And, um, and so sometimes I can feel in myself, like almost like a shyness or 
an embarrassment, like that I'm, you know, inviting them to, to take this moment of non-doing, um, uh, because I feel like the cultural kind of like a cultural resistance or societal resistance. Um, but in my experience, when I do it that way, it always ends up better. So bringing that to you, what I wanted to ask, you know, you about just to tell the listeners. So Alex produced two of my songs this past year. And one of the things that I really appreciated about his process is that, you know, before I went into sing and play, he kind of led me, and I don't even remember the specifics, but Alex sort of led me through some breathing exercises and we did a process where we removed obstacles, like any obstacles that might come up, you know, that could get in the way of the performance or any like insecurities. I named them and we sort of let them go and he did the same thing. And um, so then by the time I was singing, I felt like I was literally just channeling, you know, this voice. And I remember when my husband heard the tracks, Frank said, like, I've never heard you sing like this. And I thought, well, well, because I was ready, you know. And so what I wanted to ask you about that was, one, you know, how did you come up with those exercises? And two, like, um, where did you kind of, how did you cultivate the confidence to lead people through that process? Like, and not be like, oh, maybe they're going to think this is weird and woo-woo or, you know, just kind of like owning it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, those are great questions. Um, well, I'll, I'll address them in reverse order. I mean, I think cultivating the confidence for it takes time. And and I definitely, you know, when I started doing it, I started it out of a practice I was just doing for myself that a friend actually taught me. He's sort of a, he's a family friend. who's a He's an energetic psychic. And I have kind of used him almost like a therapist for, myself for years and he is a he kind of he's very pragmatic he's not a he's not it's not very woo woo it's very like okay well what do we what do we need to do and what are the obstacles and what are the you know what are your actual drivers here and what are the things that are what are your actual intentions and are you seeing those or are you seeing this other thing that you think is your intention that sort of thing. And so one of the things that we do is clear. It's just a, you know, it could be anything. It's basically like, you know, probably the same as prayer. It's probably the same as meditation. All, you know, it's just naming it and using breath to clear, to move energy. So we would name, you know, we kind of let ourselves, whatever would come up, <coughs> come up if it was, you know, things that felt like they were blocking us or things we were fearful of, just let them come up, name them and, and then move them mm-hmm. with our breath. Mm-hmm. And I think just doing something is what always helps me is like, okay, I did a thing. I put my attention on this thing and I did a, an action and moved it. And, um, you know, sometimes it's just seeing it. Sometimes it's like just naming it helps enough. And yeah. just to be like, yeah, that's the thing that's actually uh, bothering me right now or is in my way. And so I was re- it was very effective for me. So I started doing it with, with artists that I was working with. And uh, yeah, at first it's like <clears throat> you have to, I mean, you know, all of producing to me is about 
safety and it's about sort of like making a person feel safe enough to take the risks that they need to take and um you're creating that space and that space looks different for every person yeah and so if i can you know it was more the more convinced i was for myself that this is a thing that is beneficial it was easier for me to be like you know to be to be like trust me come with me because um, yeah. that's what you know if you you have to have that as a producer you have to have you have to uh earn that in every session or every project at some point you have to i mean it's the same with like being a teacher of seventh graders like there's a point where you have to earn them earn their respect or you lose it you know and then it's really hard to get it back or with a with dogs it's the same thing you know it's like there's always a point where you're asking that person to trust you and you have to lead them somewhere that's useful or beneficial or you know yeah um, so uh i think it's just i think that just comes with for me it was experience you know trusting in my own like abilities to get us from point a to point b and mm -hmm. trusting in the things that i started developing as my process um i mean that's a really interesting question because i used to have a really when i earlier i thought to make myself feel safe i would have this really kind of rigid i would i would in my head have a rigid process like i had to do things because i i knew that this would work if i put this formula in then we would get this result and we have this record and and I'm, but really what i was saying is like i would be avoiding getting caught with my pants down and not knowing and looking bad and and um having shame and so uh i had you know i did have this process and it was hard to deviate from that because i was afraid of looking bad you know? yeah and and it's, and it's because i wasn't confident enough in my abilities or i had developed my skills yet to the point where i really did believe it and i knew that i could get this thing where it needs needed to be and and as that developed my process actually fell away and <clears throat> i mean i do have a process but it's not as much like it's not as tangible it's like now it's about like the less I can plan at the beginning, the mm. better. And that's mm -hmm. where I feel the most open to letting a project really dictate where it wants to go and letting the artist, you know, the energy of the artist and me and the intentions dictate almost everything about what the sound is going to be, what the record's going to be. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a place where it's become really fun and like joyful because you're, yeah, it's, it, you the part of your your brain that is the you know concerned with the ego stuff kind of removes from the equation and you can really be curious and curiosity you know curiosity to me is very equivalent to love and it's sort of like right. those that energy is like the opposite of the fear energy that um will kill a project totally um so totally i love I that I think that with the with these exercises, um, you know, it's like sometimes I feel a resistance from the artists and it's like, I'm not gonna, I don't care. I'm not gonna 
force the person to do it. Right. If it's not because I need to do it to make myself feel like I have this cool process. It's right. like, yeah, if they don't want to do it, we don't do it. Right. But I'm like, here's an invitation. This is a thing that is, you know, has been great for me, might be great for you. And most people are super into it because you offer it in the space where it, there's no, no one is, there's no downside to it, you know, other than like 10 minutes of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, totally. uh, and that's the, actually the other point that you had brought up about getting to work right away. That was totally my conditioning this whole culture of like busyness and this, this whole thing about like, you know, I always felt as, as I was um, defining my career as an artist, um, as a full-time, you know, artist, I always had that, that guilt about like, you know, this whole artist guilt of like, what, what, why do you deserve to be doing this? Um, And so I had to make myself super busy all the time in order to justify my existence yeah. as an artist. So I would just be busy always and like just drowning always. And, uh, and it was like somehow that equaled, like I was like, you know, worth something if I was just like working myself like hours wise to the bone. But that's so, it's actually really inefficient. And I, yeah. it took me a while to get to the point where 10 minutes of sitting down and doing this, you know, letting something, letting yourself receive something saves you like two hours of work totally. later, Totally. you know, and being more project-based being like, okay, yeah, my goal today is to finish this song or to do this. Once I'm done, I'm done. Yeah. And I don't have to like sit down and pretend like I'm working for three more hours, like on my computer just to feel okay yeah yeah so so that's a good takeaway so 10 sitting down for 10 minutes here can save me two hours later i feel like that has held true i know for me so many times and also like people like you're going into the studio some not you know sometimes and you're paying by the hour or you've like set up the structure like we have to finish three songs in three days but you still have to be able to be like you know what i'm not exactly sure how long this is going to take and I'm just going to be in this present moment with this song and this court and, and be with it, you know? So, and I feel like you've totally cultivated that and you, you'd like reassure me. You're like, I'm not exactly sure how long this is going to take, but just trust me. <laughs> I have to like, well, I, I have to do this. And I'd be like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, thank you. Great. Sounds I, good. Uh, I used to charge by, I had a day rate. And so, and cause I thought that's what you did. And uh, it's, it did, it sort of like motivated you in almost the opposite way. Like, it's almost like you have to make something take up this much time. Mm. Um, it would became time-based and like, um, you know, now it is, now I'm uh, a project rate, which is like, I will tell someone like, I hope this takes us half a day and we're done. And we can mm-hmm. just like, you know, that would be amazing if we like have, this thing that we are thrilled with and it took us half a day right. it usually doesn't who knows like some you know it's it all kind of evens out but like i would much rather be sort of chasing the the right thing and that that's not about how it doesn't need to minimum like take minimum of three days to make this right thing yeah well yeah, yeah then you can go to dinner and like 
have a glass of wine and yeah, you yeah. don't have to be like staying up till three in the morning. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, um, well, I want to ask you one more thing. I, one of the things I forgot to tell everybody at the beginning is that we were going to, Alex had written to me last year and said he was watching the series and he's like, I want to interview you. So we decided that today I would interview him and then he would interview me. But I do, I, have, I do have one more question before you interview me, which is, um, do you want to share with us anything, any more information about, you talked a little bit about your new record, but you're also writing this musical. Do you want to tell us anything about that or when that's happening or? Sure. Yeah. I have, I have, I would, I have two projects I'd love to, tell people about um one uh, uh my record is coming out in february and that's obviously super important to me uh, i have uh, another record that just came out last week which is a duo project with a guy named jesse terry and that is a record called kivalina and it's uh it's a it's like a concept album um basically based on stories from people from this uh, town in Alaska called Kivalina, which is uh, one of the first sort of North American um, towns to be uh, really affected uh, by climate change to the point where they're going to be going, like the town is going to be underwater in about eight years. And so we got really inspired slash, you know, terrified by this story. And we started reading more about it and we wrote a, a record based on a fictitious uh, story that we were thinking of, of this couple that lived there. It's basically a breakup album with the backdrop of climate change. Um, but it's uh, about a couple who's living there and, and one person wanting to, you know, faced with this kind of like existential, you know, threat, sort of like um, one person wants to sort of integrate into modern society and go move to Anchorage and sort of leave the identity of their, where they come from. The other person wants to preserve it and, and fight to preserve the culture that they're from. And, you know, the things that really affected us were not huge. You know, it wasn't about images of polar bears floating on icebergs or, glaciers falling into the ocean, although those are crazy. Um, but it was more like, um, you know, well, if the cemetery where our parents are buried goes underwater, like how do we even, you know, honor, like, what does that mean? Or, or mm -hmm. you know, if, we're, if our identity is tied to a physical piece of land that we're from and that land disappears, what does that mean? Where do mm -hmm. our kids go to school and what, who mm -hmm. are we? Yeah. And um, that really hit me because uh, my family lives on the coast and it's like yeah these are all things that are very you wow know, not far-fetched things to think about no in the and the mundaneness of it really was like what hit me the hardest um like the practicalities and so we wrote this record and um and it's out now and people can listen to it on all the things cool and awesome um, yeah, and then the other project is uh, a musical uh, that I'm writing with Amber Rubarth, who's another great artist, and it's called The Paper Raincoat, and that has been a long project. We, we started as a band. We, uh, we actually wrote a record around this story that we'd started to make up, and we never finished the story. We, we toured as a band for a couple of years, a few years, and then 
um, stopped doing that and we started to pick up trying to finish the story and we ended up finishing it in musical form. And so, so cool. we had our first production in Berkeley at the Osher Theater uh, in June and we're going to be recording an album of the music for that uh, this winter. Cool. Do you have dates for the, when the, the next show will be or not yet? Uh, in the next production, no, we we don't. Okay, we're okay. Do the album first, and then. Okay, so if you haven't heard the Paper Raincoat, they're so great, and they have a bunch of music online already. Yeah. And then just keep your eyes open for that. So that's so cool, Alex. You have so many wonderful collaborations going on, and your own stuff. It's like super exciting. I can't wait to listen to all of this music and to see the show. Um, I'm feeling like. Um, in the spirit of being in the moment and how you talked about production and just going with what's happening. I feel like we've been going, we've gone a little bit long. So I think I'm going to end this episode and then we'll, we'll do the other episode um, okay. separate in a minute. Um, so please go Alex, is your website alexwong.com or uh, it's uh, Alex Wong sounds. Alex Wong sounds so please check him out he's amazing and thank you for all of your wisdom that you shared with us today and um, bye thank you for having me thanks so much for joining us if you know someone who would enjoy or benefit from this podcast please share it with them thanks so much much love